Hello, Nath. Hello, Trevor. How you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad, sir. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. And this week, we need to talk about Capone 2020. It's actually 2021, but it's, it's down as 2020, so it might have been released somewhere else a bit earlier. Fairly modern, though, isn't it, Nave? It's modern. Is is it the most modern film? It was between this and Greenland, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, Greenland was quite modern, and um, yeah. So we thought this Capone come out. I wanted to watch it. Uh, quite interested in watching it. So I said to Nave, "Let's watch this." So that's what we did, didn't Nave? Yes, that is exactly what we did. And I had no prior information about the film at all. I didn't even know the film existed until you mentioned it. Uh, and when you said Capone and Tom Hardy, I was like, "Oh yeah." You know, you think about um, legend, legend, yeah, don't you? Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I saw a photo of him as uh, Al Capone, and I thought, oh, that looks good. A couple of years ago, or a year ago or so, completely forgot about the film existing until I was flicking through Netflix, and well, I turned Netflix on, and it came up, and I thought, oh, this looks good. But we get on to Capone in a little while. First of all, I like to ask you a question about this time of the day, don't I, Nate? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you the answer is <laughs> not a I've lot. I've been watching a lot of Parks and Rec. Yeah, you haven't actually watched. You're not watching any films. Not not any new ones. No, the last film I watched was the last film that we talked about, which was a movie that we'd done a podcast about. So yeah, that was a man who wasn't there. Yeah, oh yeah, it was. Yeah. What about you, Trev? Have you watched any movies this week? I have. I've watched a couple. Yeah? Yeah. Well, me and my wife have actually been watching a series as well. We've been watching Vikings on Amazon Prime. Quite enjoying that. Right. But I have watched a couple of films. I've watched um, another film for my series that I'm doing on Hag Films YouTube channel, which is films that I own that I haven't never watched. That's an interesting title for the piece. Yeah. Um, and this one was uh, a classic Western. So I've actually watched a Western. Right. Uh, but another film I watched, which is a book I read years, about six or seven years ago. I read a book called The Kid Stays in the Picture. Uh, it's all about a film producer in the 70s called Robert Evans, who basically saved Paramount. Ever heard of Robert Evans, Nafe? I can't say that I have, mate. You might have heard of a few of his films. Try me. He done. Um, have you ever heard of a, a le- le- little known film called The Godfather? Can't say that I have, mate. No. Well, a- apparently, it-, it came out in the seventies and it was quite successful and it helped to save Paramount from bankruptcy. But uh, yeah, this book that I read, I found out this week that there's a film all about it as well. So I ordered that on DVD. Turned up the very next day. So I've watched that as well. It's quite interesting. But it seems very... It's his story and it's him telling it. Right. But it's quite well made. Quite interesting because I'm a, a bit of a nerd, especially for the 70s film industry. Now, if you know yes. That, don't you? Hollywood in the 70s was my favourite time. Not that I actually lived it, but I've lived through it, through the movies. He was a funny looking man, wasn't he? Hey, Robert Evans. Or he is a funny looking man. He was a very handsome man, dashing when he was a younger guy. Looks like he's had a bit of work done now. Yeah, he looks like a wallet. <laughs> Doesn't he now? Does he? he looks like a, a purse. <laughs> but yeah, he done the, produced The Godfather. Um, oh, Rosemary's Baby. 
which is one of uh, actually one of my favourite horror films, Rosemary's Baby. I don't know. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, no. It's not all gore or... It's just really creepy. She's... They move into this flat. She has this, these neighbours who are overprotective. And they befriend her husband, who's like an aspiring actor. Yeah. And then she falls pregnant. Yeah. They're like really protective over the baby. And it turns like it's all witchcrafty and that. Really good. Really good. She thinks she's, uh, they're all witches. And it's all about her paranoia and the fears of her becoming a mother. And yeah, really great film. I've got to be honest, mate. I'm looking at a list of his films. And rather embarrassingly, the only one on the list that I can say I've watched is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Dates. Oh, why? (laughs) (laughs) I've never even heard of that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not surprised that you you haven't. It's, um, yeah. I don't want to be sexist and call it a chick flick, but it is probably definitely aimed at at women more than men. Yeah, he had a... um... And running with the law as well. He's uh, done for cocaine trafficking in the 80s and almost completely ruined his career. But I think he did come back. Oh, no, hang on. I think I've seen Popeye as well. Popeye. Robert Altman. Popeye. It's probably the only Robert Altman film that I've never, I never got into. <laughs> well, not the only one. There's a lot of his films I haven't watched. But I've watched that and didn't really enjoy it. It was a bit bit all over the place wasn't it hickledy pickety every scene felt very jumbled and messy yeah it did yeah robin williams was good in it it was one of his early performances his early film roles as well wasn't it i just i had no idea it was 1980 that's just wow um yeah so that's what i've watched this week cool i don't know what else to say about that well um what have you had to eat this week (laughs) you don't want to know that i tell you what, we could have a look and see if anyone's commented. So last week, we the video that went live last week was The Departed. Right, good. How did that go down? Let's have a look. You can see how advanced we are in the editing. It's good. Um, we had Walks With Ollie said, I enjoyed listening to this and also found The Irishman to be a very long three hours. But he said, but it's good to hear Naif mention Ip Man. I discovered those films myself last summer. He said he finds the Donnie Yen ones to be the best. Yeah, for sure. Uh, T and Valhalla have, have commented again, and they said, we learnt about and agree about the Oscar winners and nominations. Always political, or who knows who. Because we were saying about um, Scorsese and Goodfellas losing out to Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Dances with Wolves. Bulldog Badger. You mentioned war films. Have either of you watched Inglorious Bastards, the Tarantino film? I have. Have you watched that? I have watched Inglorious Bastards. I I really enjoyed uh, Brad Pitt in it, actually, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. I thought, well, Bulldog Badger says the same. Christoph Waltz played such a great part in that film. Yeah, yeah. And he he did. It was a fantastic performance. It's a really, really tense scenes. Something that Tarantino, I think, is really good at is tension. He knows how to make like agonizing tension in a scene. Yeah, that that first scene where you uh, find him in the sort of farmer's cabin mm. out in the hills, and his family or or um, he's hiding. Is it is it Jews he's hiding underneath? Well, it must be Jews. Well, unless, be, well, unless it's it? yeah, escaped prisoners or whatever. Anyway, but he's he's hiding someone under the cabin, and the tension in that first scene is just yeah nasty. 
Um, I thought as well when I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yep. which was his last film he'd done, there's some real tense scenes in that where Brad Pitt is walking through the... Um, like, he goes to where the Mansons are living, and he's trying to find out, oh, my friend used to own this. Where is he? Where is he? And it took him so long to get from his car to visit the old man and you just think oh my god what's going on you know what's he walking into and really tense really well made i've really tense. i've been meaning to watch that is that would you say it's worth a watch it's good it is good it's interesting it plays on your fears because i don't know if you know the story it's basically all about the sharon tate murders isn't it right the manson's killing sharon tate who was roman polanski's wife and her his she was pregnant with his baby right they basically massacred them. Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate in the film. Right. So it's the role up to that. But much like Inglorious Bastards, it's it's basically, you know, Tarantino won the war for that, didn't he? You know, he killed Hitler off at the end. Yeah, yeah. in the ending. It's basically his own, you know, similar sort of ending to that. And I think it's it's clever how he does... But it just, it gets a bit excessive. I don't know, it feels slapstick at the end. Right. You know? Whereas like a real good drama, and Leonardo DiCaprio, absolutely, for me, stole the show. I know Brad Pitt won the, the Oscar. But Leo was by far the best thing in that film, I think. Just as a, an ageing, on his last sort of leg actor. It's just great. Alcoholic, brilliant. But uh, who else have we got? Uh, I think that's about all the comments. Except for Bulldog Bad also says, I also considered 2002 to be recent. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both feel the same. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that was when Departed came out, wasn't it? No, no. That was when um, Infernal Affairs came out. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm with you. Sorry. Uh, and then I've done my quick review of First Man which was my first of the films I hadn't watched series that I mentioned. Yeah. And Ollie walks with Ollie said, whenever I hear or see or hear a film set in space, I can't help or think, but think of Interstellar. You seen Interstellar, Leif? I have seen Interstellar, yeah. Yeah, what did you make of that? It felt a little bit like a, it like so many other films do, like a rip-off of um, A Space Odyssey 2001. I said something similar in the comment back. I mean, I did quite enjoy Interstellar. It did go on a bit. There were some interesting bits in it, but yeah, it was his own take on the, the Stargate sequence from 2001, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, and I think sort of um, it raises something that many people miss when we talk about interstellar travel or space travel. And it's the the how much time will pass on earth before you get back you know which is covered really well in the space odyssey books isn't it it is yeah i really enjoyed the books i probably enjoyed the books more than the film the film is great and it's groundbreaking but at the time i read 2001 i hadn't really read any science fiction books and i always thought it would be i'd be over my head reading it do you know what i mean yeah not know what the hell was going on and I actually found it a really enjoyable, pleasant read. Yep. Whereas I watched the film before and after, and I still didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> no, i got to be honest. Watching the film afterwards, uh, I can't say 
that I would have grasped exactly what was going on at the end had I not read the book. No. Anyway, so that was a lot of the comments. If you have any comments, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash we need to talk about movies podcast. Can't you, Nate? Yes, you can. Or you can find us on YouTube at Hag Films. And yeah, just look for our posts. We need to talk about movies or my films that I haven't watched series and comment there. It'd be lovely to hear from you. I love hearing from you. Anyway, Nath, should we talk about Capone? It's funny you should say that because I actually watched that last night. It's on Netflix, wasn't it? It was. Did you watch it on Netflix? I did watch it on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you was looking forward to Capone. It's going to be, right, spoiler, there's going to be spoilers here. We'll let people know now. So go off, watch it, come back, let us know what, no, don't, well, come back, listen to this. <laughs> yeah, listen to what we and, thought about uh, it. You can let us know in the comments, but more importantly, listen to us <laughs> ramble on about it. Yeah, so you said earlier, you, Tom Hardy, Capone. Yeah, well, that's it. You hear the name Capone, right? You're thinking gangster straight away, right? You hear that Tom Hardy's in it. You're thinking, okay, gangster, Tom Hardy. You're thinking legend. You're thinking hard-hitting, gritty, gangster sort of film. You're thinking, right, yeah, he knows how to play that sort of character. Brilliant. So, you you know, if you don't know anything about it leading into it, you've got these preconceptions that start building in your mind right away. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you sort of right from the start, it's uh, it's not at all what, what you think it's going to be, is it? No. No, so it starts off, he's chasing children around, it's Thanksgiving, family Thanksgiving, and uh, there is like a title scroll, isn't there, it says, this is basically the last year of Capone's life, he's done his time in jail, he's contracted syphilis, and he's now like deteriorating. So instantly I was like, oh, it did sound interesting, not what I was expecting, could be good. But then it still continues to not be sort of what you think as it carries on, isn't it, Nate? From start to finish, I found the whole film totally captivating. Yeah. I of, of all the films we've watched so far for um, We Need to Talk About Movies cod, podcast. Codpast? Codpiece. We Need to Talk About Movies Codpiece. Yeah. Um, this This was the one that I actually enjoyed watching the most but was it really yeah but that, that that doesn't mean to say it's the film that i enjoyed the most i don't know it i enjoyed watching it but i don't know if i felt overall at the end there was a point to it yeah i think i was enjoying it there's some bits that i really enjoyed there were some bits that i was thinking all oh, right we're led to believe that this is in his mind and then there's other bits that actually did catch you out and go ah. Oh, so that's in his mind. But then there were some bits that you're thinking, well, did this happen or is this in his mind? And then you're just sort of like, this is just aimlessly rambling. Yeah. So it did feel aimless for a long time. I was like, I don't even know what is the actual through line in this story until it's almost like two thirds in where they, oh, it's about money. Where's he put his money? Yeah. Both me and my wife watched it and it took us a while to sort of 
click onto that. Yeah, I think sort of when when he's with his uh, his friend on the boat and they're fishing. Yeah, and uh, he opens up about it then, and it's just like right, okay, and it's a real strong sort of build up to that moment when he mentions it, isn't it? Like, you know, it's like, right, let's go fishing. Let's go for a drive. Let's go somewhere. And, you know, you, I think in the end you're given to believe that the whole trip was fictional. Yeah. But it's the fact that that's the, the takeaway from that scene, isn't it? It's just like he mentions it. Well, I didn't, I missed it during that scene. I don't know if I was distracted, if I was writing something at that time, because I, I was no jotting notes. Yeah. But that scene threw me because the editing was so sporadic. It was just chop, 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 chop. It's like when most scenes play out, the camera sort of stays back and lets the actors do the work. And the camera will sort of go from a wide shot to a close up or go from one character to the other when they stop talking or show sometimes show a reaction. This seemed to just be chopping from this angle to that angle to this angle. And it was throwing me. So I was writing that during that scene because I didn't pick up on the money until a lot later on. And my wife actually went, ah, like, it is the money. You mentioned it earlier. And I was like, well, I missed it earlier. So I found, a, yeah, that scene, as I said, it really, it was, as someone who likes editing and I like, I like watching sort of films and actors doing their bit. I couldn't understand why there were so many cuts. Whether it's the director, uh, Josh Trank, sort of establishing a sense of his mental, you know, his mental illness. Yeah. I don't know. But it just, at that point, I was like, I, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying that scene because of the editing. Okay, I can see this is the thing. I can't say that I actually, I can't say it stood out and I noticed it. But if you watch it again, ever, you just look and just, you know, there'd be mid-sentence and it would change again. And then two seconds later, it's changed again. And it's like, I was like, just stop changing. What? And now you're behind them both. And now you're off to the left and over there. And why are you, what are you doing? What are you showing us? Stop it. <laughs> but maybe it is. You know, was he sat all that time? Was he sat at the lake and it was all his imagination? You don't know, do you? Well, you know, it wasn't imagination because he definitely wasn't with that guy, as we find out. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, would anyone else have taken him fishing? You know, if it wasn't him, he would have been with someone else to get on the boat in the first place, wouldn't he? So, yeah, you know, I, in my head, I pictured the whole scene to be fiction. But I did like the reveal when you find out that Matt Dillon is, it was so subtly done um, because he's just watched The Wizard of Oz, isn't he? And Matt Dillon sat behind him. Yeah. And then he gets up and Tom Hardy as Capone is singing the song from The Wizard of Oz and his wife's calming him down. And then she goes off and he's sat talking to Matt Dillon. And then it's Matt Dillon's like, it's all right, she can't hear us, she can't hear us. And then he turns around and says something to his wife and the camera cuts to the kitchen where his wife is looking through the doors and suddenly the chair's empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, ah, so he is a figment of his imagination as well. 
And I thought that was ah, that was a good moment. The scene that sets you up to believe that he's a real character is when he's in that hotel with that woman. Oh, banging that woman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And he answers the phone and it's just like, okay, well, he's got to be a real character because otherwise, you know, uh, is... You, know, you wouldn't have seen that. Exactly. You, know you don't I mean? even think at that point that it's not real, do you? No. So then there's the son as well phoning. Is yeah. he real or is he not? But then the wife has spoken to him. Yeah. I, yeah. There's so many questions are unanswered. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I just think it felt, because of that, it felt too much of a mess. It was like, the, yes, we know he doesn't know what's going on. Someone should. The director should. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, no, no. You need to sort of have some sort of like, all right, so this is this, and this is a wink. To, I don't know. And this, this is what I mean when I'm saying that I really enjoyed the experience of watching the film. Uh, you know, there were scenes in it, and and the viewing it kept me captivated um, and locked into it. But at the end of it, it's just like, uh, uh what? Yeah. And and that's why I might have enjoyed watching it as much as or more than any other film we've watched so far, but it's not the best film we've watched so far that we've reviewed by a long shot. See, I was I was getting frustrated. I I didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped I would. Right. I think even Tom Hardy's performance with Tom Hardy, you either can't see his face or you can't hear his fucking voice. He mumbles, he's got that it was almost like a cartoon character, the voice in this. He was good, it, don't get me wrong, but it's like, I don't know what he's just said that, again. I've missed another line that he's saying, do you know? I, I, and I know as it went on, it got worse, and it was like supposed to. But even at the beginning, the first thing he said, I was like, it just it sounded like a, a Warner Brothers cartoon, you know, like Elmer Fudd or something, you know? Yeah. I d- I liked the fact that he was flicking between Italian and and English, you know what I mean? And I enjoyed the subtitles, that little touch being in there. And I thought some of the faces, some of the expressions he pulled in the film were just brilliant. Like yeah. he, he'd be one minute, he'd look like the most evil man on the face of the planet. And the next minute is just this helpless dying old guy, you know? Yeah. It was, yeah. I, you know, I enjoyed his performance on the whole. But I do agree, there were times where you really wished that there was just a bit more clarity in his vocals. You know it's what not, I mean? It's not that... Well, it is the clarity, but... Yeah, it just... It's sort of too extreme. Like, when he was Bane in Batman... Yeah. As well, I thought, what's this voice? You know, it's a bit... It didn't sound like a real voice. <laughs> you know? And it threw me. Watching the rest of the series, I thought, you know, I like Batman Begins, I like Batman... What's the next dark, one? The Dark, dark Knight. Knight. Yeah, but The Dark Knight Rises wasn't my favourite, and he, he was one of the reasons I didn't like it. His voice just irritated me in that. Yeah, funnily enough, I think I like Christian Bale. I think he's definitely my favourite Batman so far. But I think uh, Heath Ledger's Joker was definitely my favourite villain. Yeah, that, but I I haven't seen Joker with Whacking Phoenix yet. So oh, Jay Quinn, you mean Jay Quinn? That's what I call him, Jay Quinn Phoenix. See, I really liked the Joker. I really liked it. Yeah. Here's the thing. We talked about Tarantino earlier. Going off topic. Let's go off topic, mate. I love it. Going off topic. I saw an interview with Tarantino where he says, 
Oh, the Joker is all right, but you know, it just basically it's copying Mean Streets and it's copying King of Comedy, which they've always said they was influenced by that. And he's like, so what is it now? We're just copying other people's films, just copying the seventies now. And I thought, well, hang hang on a minute, Tarantino, you've built up a career of copying other people's films and other people's styles. You've borrowed from foreign films. You know, some people say that a lot of the dialogue from Reservoir Dogs was picked up directly and dropped on the page from other films, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just think, if it's a good film, why shouldn't you just borrow from something else and make it your own? That's what film is. It evolves. So I just, I love listening to directors talk. I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of interviews with directors. And I like, but one director I just cannot stomach listening to is Tarantino. I just think, so full of his own self-importance, it drives me nuts. But uh, there you go, rant over, talking about the Joker. But yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, Jack Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, I thought was brilliant. I thought it was a great film. He's um, he's a very involved actor in his roles, isn't he? Oh, he's fantastic. He just, he's like he's really great in uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master. Yeah. An inherent vice as well. I really enjoyed that. I've mentioned that before. I liked him in um I liked him Walk the Line as well. Yeah. That was another topic I was gonna get on, because this is a biopic. What's what's your favourite biopic? Yeah. Well I think um probably Batman begins. Was your favourite biopic? <laughs> yeah. But um Raquin, Raquin Phoenix, Jay O'Quinn. Sorry, I'm going to keep calling him Jay O'Quinn. Okay, that's fine. It, uh, it makes you wonder if he would have been as good an actor if River Phoenix hadn't died. Right. Would River Phoenix have been on, gone on to be as good? Because he was like the hailed as a great actor as a child, wasn't he? River Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raquin Phoenix, I think the first film I ever saw him in was Parenthood. River Phoenix, was he Stand By Me? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he died at a young age. And I wonder if that, dealing with that death has given Raquin Phoenix a sort of a, a darker side, you know? Yeah. Dealing with that tragedy. He was, like, brilliant. Uh, and you really loved to hate him in Gladiator as well. Yeah, he, yeah, he did play a good, good bastard in that. Yeah, he was a real sleazy, slimy, sort of paranoid mess, wasn't he? Yeah. Have you ever seen her? Is where that he falls the in love with, with his phone yeah, or something? Yeah, I haven't. Is it good? I yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'll have to watch that. I watched that the same week as I watched Ex Machina, and it was like two similar films. Yeah, exploring the same themes. Yeah. Of artificial intelligence, but in different in different ways, coming from two completely different angles. I think it was Spike Jones who done who directed um, being John Malkovich and right. adaptation. I think that was one of his films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. X X Meccano was one I can remember. You sending me the text message about it, and then I went out and um, I think that weekend I went out and bought it in the supermarket, and I went home and watched it and. Um, it always films like that. I always refer to the first remake of the or first of the more recent remakes of the Planet of the Ape films. Yeah, it confuses me morally, where I don't know which side of the fence 
I stand on. You're supposed to be. Yeah, well, that's the idea, isn't it? It's, it poses questions. Yeah, it completely divides it has you. As you questioning everything. And um, yeah. I think I was on a bit of a hangover as well. And it was a day where I really didn't need that kind of confusion in my life. But <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, good film though. Really good. Really good performances from like just three of them, isn't it? Yeah. In the film. Well, four, I suppose, because the. Uh, the Oriental Lady. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Really good film. Um, nothing like Capone, though. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different yeah, yeah. type of film, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, what's your favourite biopics? In, uh... My favourite biopic? Oh, God. Do you know, I'm sure I've seen plenties of them, but none of them... Oh, what about The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Is that a, is that a biopic? No. I don't think that is a biopic, no. Mate, off the top of my head, I can't actually think of any that I've watched. Uh, What about Capone? You seen that? Oh, I've seen... Yeah, no, I have seen Capone, actually, yeah. (laughs) Any film that's about a true person. Beautiful Mind is a biopic. You like that one, didn't you? Beautiful Mind. Oh, yes, yes. I love Beautiful Mind. Do you know what? I really, actually, really enjoyed Russell Crowe's performance in that. That was was a really good film. It was a good film, yeah. That was similar to this, wasn't it? But it had... An ending where it's like, ah, oh, then you get it, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, he had a near illness as well, didn't he? And things weren't what he thought, but you didn't realise that until that's the payoff at the end. There's no payoff in this, is there? There's no, that's what this felt. It just felt like, where is this going? What is this? There is no payoff. The only, there is no... The only thing that I really sort of was left thinking that might be some sort of payoff that sort of just stuck in my mind was that statue in his garden that he was so protective over, even though he wasn't overly fond, overly bothered about the rest of them going. Yeah. That the hideous one that his wife was uh, sort of complaining about, they made a big deal about him being protective over it. And then they, although it was only a very brief scene, they made a big deal about it finally being wheeled away. And I just can't help but think that maybe they were, because nobody knows and no money was ever, ever found. They can't actually say where the money was, but they made a big deal of implying something about that statue. I can't help but think they were trying to hint that maybe it was in the statue, statue, but obviously they can't say it. Was it an ancient statue? You know, was it an old work of art? Yeah, I knows? mean that's the thing. Why say it's in a statue if you have no evidence of it being in a statue, and you're not actually going to make a real point of saying it's in? I don't know. It just the whole film just like it didn't it didn't say anything. It didn't. This is this is what I mean uh, by I didn't really see the point no. of it. <laughs> it really it wound was, me up. Nice. It was a it's a nice hour and forty five minutes of viewing, but at the end of it, it's just like. Oh. Well, there was nothing to be gained by that. What was the point of it? Yeah. Is it yeah. just so Tom Hardy can sort of flex some sort of acting muscles that he could have done in any other role that he's played? Yeah, it could have been. You know? <laughs> I mean, he won the film, didn't he, with his performance. It's the, the standout thing and the whole film sort of built around that. Yeah. But there was no... The thing is, what they've done, right, is they've taken this character, this real-life person, Al Capone, who was infamous for so many things and they've made an hour and 45 minute 
film about probably the single most boring year of his entire life. But yeah, it's like, I thought, oh, this would be interesting. It'd be good to know. But basically, apart from knowing that he's losing his mind and he shits himself all the time and has to wear nappies, <laughs> there's nothing else learnt about him. Everything else is speculation. No. We don't know that that's what, you know, he was like the scene where he's walking around and it's flashing back to what they're trying to make out. You know, there's a massacre in the nightclub. Well, I don't think there was ever actually a massacre like that. He was known for the Valentine's Day massacre, but that was just like, I thought that was like other gang members was all killed. Sort of at a garage or something. Yeah, they hinted about it on the radio, didn't they? Whilst he was um, talking to his mate in the bedroom. Yeah, you do. There was lots of stuff you heard through the radio as well. And I was thinking that was flashbacks and him remembering, you know. Has to have been, doesn't it? But they almost made it feel like, oh, he felt guilty for the things he'd done. When you can't, I don't know. Because he was such a violent and ruthless thug, you think... What do you felt that at the end? You know, it's there's nothing to prove that he, he was like that. There's nothing to prove that he was having these flashbacks. So the flashbacks were just excuses to do the violence. Well, if you're going to do the violence, just make a film about Al Capone and the violence. Yeah, don't don't you do know? the last year of his life where he was uh, just like you say, just incontinent. Yeah, and mental. I didn't get, it's not one that really sold itself to me. I didn't enjoy it. I do love a biopic. I love gangster films. Um, this felt like neither. It, it just wasn't factual. And it wasn't, it just, yeah, it's just like a fantasy. I think sort of, you know, the, the paranoia that he was living with, the constant harassment from the FBI, uh, you know, the feeling of being watched all of the time, having the phones tapped, you know, and the fact that his mind was uh, sort of deteriorating to the point where he didn't know what was real and what wasn't. And the fact that, you know, like when the, all the power goes out and he catches mate boy in the bathroom, who's clearly installing some sort of bug or something. Yeah. And then he just sort of glosses over it and dismisses it as in, you know, was he there? Wasn't he there? But he's just dismissing it in his head as like, oh yeah, it's just me seeing things again, like whatever. Yeah. But would he, was he there? Well, it seems a bit weird that if, because like when he sees the kid with the balloon, he follows him. Whereas when he sees a man stood right in front of him that can't get away from him in the shower, he can't even reach his hand out to see if he's really there or not. Hmm. You know, so in my head, I'm like, that guy was there installing bugs because they've got people in the van uh, outside sort of tapping into his phone conversations and listening to what he's saying yeah. the whole time, you know? Yeah. So I figure that I, in my head, I thought that part was probably real, but that's my interpretation of it. Like, you know, but yeah, well, by that time, I was like, right, I don't know what's real and what's not. I don't know if that's real or what's not. I doubt I'm going to find out. It's just another thing that I think, huh? Yeah, I, but I, I, I think that's the thing. Like, the film does do a really good job of generating debate among people that have viewed it. Yeah. You know, because people interpret different parts of it in different ways. And I do like the fact that it doesn't hand you everything on a plate, you know? 
Yeah. But at the same time, like you say, ultimately there's no payoff to the film. No, hand us something. There's no, it's just, that's what it felt to me. It was like a speculative account. Yes, it was quite a good account of the illness and his family or his wife, especially, uh, sort of having to deal with him becoming as he's rapidly deteriorating. You know, it was heartbreaking to see it and to think, you know, people do go through this and it was realistic in that. But as a story, it just, I keep saying the same thing. It just, you know, I i want to be sort of, no, what am I saying? I don't know. I don't but know. Bamble, if, ramble. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it ultimately. I mean, like I said, I enjoyed watching it, but I'm not, in, I just couldn't, couldn't really get on with the fact that there, I didn't feel like there was any point to it. No. You know? No, it did feel like a story with no story. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it was a great performance from him, apart from his voice, perhaps a little bit too cartoony. But yeah, he just looked vacant all the time and he'd go off into these distant stares. Um, really haunting. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen, I'd like to see Tom Hardy play a younger Capone, to be honest. Yeah. I felt I was teased with the thought of him playing Capone. And although it is a great performance. And I think yeah. that's probably why a lot of people as well don't like it, because it's it's not what they was hoping for. Maybe it is something that will age, but it just, it didn't seem to have a beginning, middle or end. But if you want to, you know, if you want to see Tom Hardy be a gangster, just go watch Legend. You know? Yeah, and it get two for the price of one. Exactly. Oh, just an actual fact. Should we just fuck this off and, and talk about Legend? <laughs> I haven't seen it enough to sort of talk about it. Isn't it? It's either written by or direct. I think it's directed by the same director as L.A. Confidential, which is one of my favourite oh, films. Love L.A. Confidential. I watched yeah. a, another. Um, oh my god, what was that? It was an L.A. Confidential esque film, and I think. Ryan Gosling is in it. Gangster Squad. Have you seen that? Oh, uh, no, I haven't. Is that called? Um, yeah, I've heard good things about it, I think. Jo- Josh Brolin and Ryan Gosling. It's actually yeah. really quite good. I do like Josh Brolin as well. Yeah, he is, he is good. Yeah, I haven't watched that. I'll have to watch it. Who's your favourite portrayal? Have you seen many, well, many portrayals of Al Capone? I haven't, no. In film. Have you seen uh, The Untouchables, De Niro? Yes, yeah. The only other one I can really think of was Stephen Graham in Boardwalk Empire as a young Al Capone. Stephen Graham's quite a good actor. I think um, De Niro as him in The Untouchables is really great. Yeah. But um, I used to love The Untouchables when I was young. It used to be my, like... I, I mentioned as well, I thought the first film I saw of De Niro was... Goodfellas, but it wasn't. It was The Untouchables. So I was watching The Good, the Untouchables a long time before I watched Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. Used to love it. Used to watch it all the time. Kevin Costner used to be one of my favourite actors. Um, but watching uh, watching it recently, sort of four or five years ago, I watched it again, and it didn't half seem cheesy. Yeah, yeah. I watched it last year, I think. Yeah. And Sean Connery won the Oscar for best 
actor that year, I think. <laughs> He's the one that makes actor. it seem so freaking oh, cheesy. Fucking awful. Wasn't it awful? The director of that, um, he makes films that I always find a bit cheesy, to be fair. Um, another film that I really should like, which I could never get into, was Carlito's Way with Al Pacino and Sean Penn. Great story on paper. Carlito. Oh, yes, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. Where he's the gangster, comes back, wants to go straight, but he's pulled. Yeah, pull me back in! You yeah, know? yeah. Um, but again, that was just cheesy. The love story and like, the, I don't know, I just watched it. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. I didn't even finish it when I tried watching that. But maybe I should give that. What about? Maybe I'm a bit too snobby Have you seen my own The group. Highwayman with Kevin Costner again? And uh, Woody, Woody Oh, Harrelson? yes, I have. Woody Harrelson, all about Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, yeah. Was, I did enjoy that. It's interesting to see it from that perspective, wasn't it? Yeah. Rather than the Bonnie and Clive that, you know, we've grown to sort of know Warren Beatty and uh, Faye Dunaway. Oh, Faye yeah, Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. Yeah, best known for her role as the evil woman in uh, Supergirl. <laughs> 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 Which we still have to do. We have to do we it. we got to watch. Yeah, we got I don't know if you guys at home have seen Supergirl, but I've made Nath watch it for this and we haven't reviewed it yet. He watched it too early. I wasn't ready the, to Yeah, the painful it. thing about it is, is now I have to watch it again. <laughs> but the, um, what, what was the one that Tom Hardy was in uh, and um, it was about bootlegging? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've missed a lot of films. Well, there's been a patch of about eight years where I hardly watched any films. And it's only like the last year that I was like, oh my God, I've missed films. And now here I am Law- playing catch up. Lawless. Bit. Oh, right. Yeah. Have you not seen that? No, I've not, not seen that either. Oh no. my God, mate. These are gangster films that I've been watching that you're not watching. You need to watch some of these. Yeah, I'm listing them. I'm listing them. Because this left me wanting a gangster film, to be honest, at the end. You're, I think go Gangster Squad to start off with, because if you enjoyed LA Confidential and you want to see a bit more gangsters being gangsters, and if Untouchables got to you as a young man, definitely, uh, I think Gangster Squad is a brilliant... Josh Brolin is just a real nasty hard bastard in it. I like Josh Brolin. I like Ryan Gosling, so it doesn't sound like a film i need to watch and then i loved um oh what was that one with ryan gosling and russell crowe oh the nice guys <laughs> yes the nice guys i thought <laughs> yeah. that was a brilliant film yeah that was a, a great film i thought ryan gosling in it was just absolutely brilliant that's it because he usually plays like the sort of internal sort of bloke doesn't he you know he's like silent moody and in that he was just comedy gold wasn't he yeah yeah it's just brilliant all the way through yeah i quite an actual fact i really enjoyed him in um oh my god what was that one he was in with steve carell and emma emma stone i don't know it was um crazy stupid love oh right he's his character in it is just absolutely brilliant you know he's just the epitome of what all men want to be uh, and then like Steve Carell is this newly 
single guy after his wife claims she wants a divorce because she's been sleeping with Kevin Bacon, who works in her office. And uh, like Steve Carell's just drunk in a bar. He's a dad. He's lost. He's dressed all wrong and he's just handling the breakup really badly, getting drunk and speaking to strangers about it. And then uh, he's ruining Ryan Gosling's hunting ground, if you like. I, I just think it's brilliant. I really do. I um, they're also both in um the Big Short, aren't they? All about the the banking crisis. Yes, yeah. Have you ever seen that? That's quite I a have, good film. I've seen it advertised several times, but it just there's always seems to be something else that just nips it to the post when I go to put a film on. Yeah, I've got a lot of films like that. I'm slowly getting through them in my new series. Have I told you about the new series I'm doing over on our Hack Films channel? You haven't, Trev. A, Tell me about it. I own lots of DVDs that I have never watched, and now I'm slowly going through them all. Well, mate, you want to put them on the shelf, because that's going to be causing you some discomfort. <laughs> it was. I took them to work today. I couldn't, I couldn't move with all these fucking <laughs> DVDs under me belt. Uh, <sighs> so, um, have you seen Capone? <laughs> Shall we talk about Capone? I don't know what else to say about Capone, to be fair, Nath. I've enjoyed going off on a tangent again tonight. I hope you guys have enjoyed this tangent. (laughs) It's not just when we talk about films, it's anything. Yeah, it's just (laughs) chatting crap, isn't it? But (laughs) the thing is, right, is if sometimes we'll watch a film and the film might not be the focal point of what we're talking about but it's the impetus that drives us it's the catalyst that gets us into a conversation about film isn't it you know what i mean and and unfortunately i think you know even if you knew or or took nothing else about what we said about the film on board i think the fact that we've spent most of our podcast about capone talking about other films (laughs) should say enough yeah yeah. Um, I will say that for ages I was watching it thinking that that his wife was um, Ellen Page. Right. Or Elliot Page she is now. But I was thinking, oh, why, didn't, why have they got her in, like, old makeup? Why don't they just get someone older? It wasn't until the end and I Googled it and it's like, oh, it's not Ellen Page at all. It is someone older. Yeah, Linda Cardellini, <laughs> is it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I've seen her in anything before, but um, she, yeah, she just looks like Ellen Page. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I see the similarity, yeah. Who, Ellen Page, you might remember her from films such as Inception. She was in that. Yes, she was. She was yeah. in Juno, which is quite a good one, I thought. Yeah. But she was also Jim Leahy's daughter in the season two of Trailer Park Boys. First time I ever saw her in anything when she was about twelve years old. No way. There you go. Yeah. She she was also in X Men: Days of Future Past and Hard Candy. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So now we're talking about someone else who wasn't in. <laughs> <Capone>. <laughs> yeah. So sorry about this, everyone. This has been a bit of a rambly chat. But then I wonder if people like a rambly chat about films sometimes. You know, our first episode had a lot of downloads, whereas other episodes haven't had so many. So whether they downloaded that and thought, ooh, these fucking pricks, never downloaded it again, it's probably more that than 
oh look I like that bit where they talk about everything and not so much where they talk about a specific film who knows but maybe you can let us know if you'd like to hear more rambly chats oh god yeah we can do rambly chats we should do maybe once every month or once every two months we'll have an episode where we just start with a question about film and see how long we can talk about film <laughs> well down that rabbit hole of film chat it, just we'll just choose a bad film to review <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's done done we're there oh so yeah i can't think of anything else i want to say about the film can you nath no well there you go that was capone <laughs> thanks for joining us <laughs> nath thank you for joining us thank you for joining me for this chat thank you for watching that no i you know what i was a little bit sort of normally when we watch and review a film for the next day or two, I'll be thinking about it and I'll be thinking of points in my head of things I want to say, uh, you know, the bits that I enjoyed, bits that I maybe didn't enjoy so much, but literally the whole day, and I've had a lot of time to myself doing nothing today, literally the whole day, I was just like, yeah, just nothing, nothing cropped into my head at all. No, I was the same. I was like saying to Donna, maybe I should have messaged Nathan and said, watch something <laughs> else. Let's watch something else quickly. Because I don't know what I'm going to say about this for an hour and a half. And turns out we didn't have to. We just talk about every other film ever created for an hour and a half. <laughs> so that's what we did. Oh, it's good. Nathan. Trevor. Thanks ever so much. No, thank you, sir. And everyone, thank you ever so much. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please give us a like or a rating or whatever you do out there on the podcast platforms and share us wherever you can anything like that tell your mum about us tell your mum tell your mum about these two cunts <laughs> talking film <laughs> and tell her just like that <laughs> oh dear alright Nath alright Trev we'll see you all soon thanks for listening bye he's waving Chase. Chase.